Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 2. These words, So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of Satan's schemes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Imagine that you are playing a game of chess. Your opponent opens with an unfamiliar move. You think nothing of it. Pretty soon your opponent captures your pawn. You think, a pawn, so what? Then your opponent devises an elaborate scheme to capture another pawn. You think, a pawn, so what? Pretty soon your opponent captures your bishop and a knight and your queen, and before you know it, it's checkmate, you lost. You are in a war. It's not the kind of war that's played out on a game board. It is a real-life deadly war with high stakes. Do you know your adversary? In 2 Corinthians 2, the Apostle Paul warns the church at Corinth not to be outwitted by Satan. The mere mention of Satan makes many Americans scoff. Hollywood teaches us to trivialize Satan. We think of Saturday Night Live, the skit with the church lady. Who made you do that? Satan isn't that special. We think, we suppose, we Americans, that talk of Satan is an ancient superstition. And we in our modernism are so far beyond. But the Apostle Paul exhorts the church to let the Word of God shape your thinking and worldview, not Hollywood. And the Word of God warns us to take this threat seriously. Know your adversary. In 2 Corinthians 2, the Apostle says to the church at Corinth, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. So what are Satan's schemes, his thoughts, his intentions, his purposes? The context clarifies. The church at Corinth had to exercise church discipline against a persistent and public sinner who publicly harmed the church. That person had become contrite and repentant. Now the church was tempted to shun that person, to bear a grudge. After all, that person had terribly harmed the church. They wanted nothing to do with that person. And St. Paul exhorts them to give that person Christ's gift of absolution, which is distributed by the church to comfort that person with the gospel, to show Christian love to that person, to incorporate that person into the church's life. And the apostle adds, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of Satan's schemes. What are his plans, his purposes? He, wants to, he wanted to keep that repentant sinner unforgiven. That's his strategy. 
to keep sinners unforgiven, to keep sinners dead in their sins, to keep them in rebellion against God, to keep them away from Christ and the gospel, to keep them away from the church and the church's fellowship. That's his game plan. Your mission as future pastors and deaconesses is just the opposite. It's to bring Christ's gift of absolution to sinners. It's to reach out to sinners and incorporate them into the church's life. But who are we? Are we so great? Are we so high and mighty? Are we so much younger, smarter, better? When we are honest with ourselves, we too must confess that apart from Christ, apart from faith, before our baptism, we too were dead in our sins. We too were enemies of God. We too were willingly under the tyranny of Satan. As the Apostle Paul puts it in Ephesians 2, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. But thanks be to God that he did not leave us to our plight. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son into the world, into our messed up world. The Son of God took to himself our human nature and made it his own. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. One of the Trinity became one of us. The one through whom the human race was created became a member of the human race. Instead of safely staying at a distance, the Son of God entered into our messed up situation. Salvation was accomplished from within human history. It was an inside job. Imagine that the pots made by a potter were all ruined. It would be like the potter himself becoming a pot in order to restore the broken pots that he had created. The story is amazing. Call it lunacy, but the gospel narrative is definitely not boring. It is the most thrilling drama that has ever occurred. You came into our hall of death, O Christ, to breathe our poisoned air, to drink for us the deep despair that strangled our reluctant breath. How beautiful the feet that trod the road to bring good news from God. How beautiful the feet that bring good tidings of our saving King. The incarnate Son of God in his state of humiliation refrained from making full and constant use of his divine power. He became weak, vulnerable, mortal. He became hungry, tired, exhausted. He made himself accessible to the full assault of Satan. When he was baptized, he identified with sinners. And immediately thereafter, Satan went after him big time. His baptism put a big bullseye on his back. And what did Satan want to see? He wanted to see Jesus look out for number one. He wanted to see Jesus forsake God's mission and concern himself with his own personal well-being. That's what Satan wants. That's what he is about to see selfish self-focus. 
just like in the Garden of Eden. But we are not ignorant of his agenda. Satan attacked Jesus. It was a grueling fight. Each one of us would have caved in quickly. But Jesus withstood the temptation. He took the heat, and he took it for you and for me. Jesus willingly allowed himself to be checkmated. He did not count equality with God the Father, something to be exploited to his own advantage. But he made himself nothing. He took the form of a servant, humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the disgraceful death of a Roman crucifixion. He bore our sins and the sins of our neighbors and the sins of the world. He took the heat, the full heat of God's wrath in our place. Jesus willingly allowed himself to be checkmated. But that was not the end of the story. On the third day, the tables were turned. God raised Jesus from the dead, immortal, incorruptible, imperishable, the firstfruits of all those who belong to him by faith. God highly exalted him. Jesus now at the right hand of God rules over all things to the benefit of his church. He is no longer under the dominion of death, and he is no longer accessible to Satan's attacks. On the contrary, Jesus won victory over Satan. The Lord checkmated the devil. As the Apostle Paul puts it in Colossians 2, God the Father disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. What does this mean for you? It means that you, too, are no longer under Satan's tyranny. Jesus Christ has redeemed you, lost and condemned creatures, purchased and won you from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. For what purpose? That you may be his own. Through him you are now more than conquerors. Your future is not Satan's future of eternal death, but the Lord's future of bodily resurrection unto eternal life. You are the Lord's people, redeemed, absolved. The Lord sends you on a mission. He sends you to bring Christ's absolution to sinners, to bring Christ's life to those who are dead in their sins, to bring fellowship with God to those who are in rebellion against God, to bring the church's fellowship to those who are lonely and in solitude. He sends you to serve your neighbor in love. In the process, you will meet resistance. The Lord, our, the Lord himself met resistance, and you will too. Satan wants to keep sinners unforgiven, and you want to bring Christ's absolution to sinners. And therein lies the war. That is why you are called church militant. The war is fierce. We can easily become complacent, lethargic. We can easily become tired, weary, suffer battle fatigue. The struggle never ends. The obstacles never disappear. Until that day, 
When the fight is fierce, the warfare long, steals on the ear the distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again and arms are strong. Alleluia. Satan wants to checkmate the Lord and the church, but his efforts are futile. Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. He cannot be checkmated. Amen. Now may the peace of God keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.